emotions are actually contagious. So there's this thing called emotional contagion. And researchers have studied this like crazy. And researchers have studied things that normal people have witnessed for years. You see a group of people, you know, that are really happy at a hockey game and everybody's happy. Even if you're not the type of person who cheers, all of a sudden you're jumping up and cheering. So what happened? Your emotions, you got caught from other people. Just like people in the downtown, you know, when their team loses and they riot and burn down the city. It's like these were normal law-abiding citizens for the most part. How come they all of a sudden started burning down the city? It's because those emotions were contagious. And so if willpower turns out that it is more like an emotion. And if we know that emotions are contagious, how can we use this piece of information to create a better business? The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Welcome to the Mortgage Brokering Podcast. I'm continuing on my 10 loans a month series. This is a tactical podcast we produce every single week. I'm your host, Scott Peckford. Today, I'm going to share with you about motivation. You probably heard that willpower is limited. However, there's new studies out now that reveal that that may not be the case. And I'm going to talk about what you can do about this and how willpower is more like an emotion and how you can hack that emotion to get some of the things done that we know we need to do for our mortgage business. But first, let me give a shout out to our sponsor. So Finmo is a Canadian document collection application and mortgage submission platform at finmo.ca. And one of the things I love about them is they're always innovating, trying to make it better. A couple of cool things that they've added recently is that when you start to put in your details when you're doing in lender spotlight it'll actually also pull up if you have a rental it'll start pulling up the policies from those lenders right in lender spotlights so you don't have to even go look for them so it's like oh what is the policy on that oh, okay so it makes it much easier for you to decision things and they've also got a feature called smart submission notes so one of the things that you know lenders want on their side is being able to really easily be able to know what's going on with the file well some people's notes are like check it this looks good to me kind of thing i've seen brokers do that by the way not a good idea so they've got this smart submission feature that allows you to get the data to the lender that they want and make it really easy for you so check them out at finmo.ca All right, let's jump into today's session. I'm calling the series my science of brokering, where I take a principle from psychology or sociology, and I show you how you can use this to help run a better mortgage business. Today, we're talking about willpower or ego depletion. So there's been this principle for many years, at least the last 20 some years, or since the 90s, that willpower was limited, that it would get depleted. They'd done these studies where they'd made people go into a room and they made them either resist, you know, chocolate chip cookies or radishes, and then they would put them into another room and get them to do a impossible task that they thought, okay, were the people that were were exposed to the cookies that they couldn't eat quicker to give up on the problem. The problem couldn't be solved, by the way. Were they quicker to give up on the problem or the people who were exposed to radishes, which there's no ego depletion there, supposedly, because nobody's going to eat raw radishes or most people won't. But here's the thing. So it looked like that was the case. However, they're doing new studies now. So Carol Dweck, who's the author of a book on mindset, you know, the fixed versus growth mindset, has done a bunch of studies at Stanford. And it turns out that that's actually probably not what was happening. And what she found is that what was more important was the person's belief about willpower. So if somebody believed willpower was limited, they would display evidence of limited willpower. If the person didn't believe that, they didn't have ego depletion. And so the new thinking is that willpower is more like an emotion. So you don't run out of joy, you don't run out of anger, it can ebb and flow with based on how we feel. So if you view willpower as an emotion, it gives you a whole new way of tackling willpower, right? You're like, oh, wait a second, if it's an emotion, how do I manage my emotions? Something we've been doing for a long time. And there's many ways you can do this. I'm going to talk about one today, and then I'll get into some tactical stuff for you. But so one of the things is that if willpower is like an emotion, emotions are actually contagious. So there's this thing called emotional contagion. And researchers 
have studied this like crazy. And researchers have studied things that normal people have witnessed for years. You see a group of people, you know, that are really happy at a hockey game and everybody's happy. Even if you're not the type of person who cheers, all of a sudden you're jumping up and cheering. So what happened? Your emotions, you got caught from other people. Just like people in the downtown, you know, when their team loses and they riot and burn down the city. It's like these were normal law-abiding citizens for the most part. How come they all of a sudden started burning down the city? It's because those emotions were contagious. And so if willpower turns out that it is more like an emotion, and if we know that emotions are contagious, how can we use this piece of information to create a better business? And so we've kind of stumbled into this by accident. It was only we were doing this. And now that I've looked back, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of piecing this together from the back end. But I'll tell you a couple quick stories specifically about my wife and my daughter. So my wife has been working out for 20 years. She works out like crazy. And my daughter, my oldest, was kind of like, I kind of want to work out, mom. This when she was like 14. I kind of feel like I need to work out and da, da, da. But she kind of didn't really want to. So then my wife said, okay, I'll do it with you. But if you're going to do it with me, it's going to be this many times a week. And you're not getting out of it. If you say you're in, we're in. And so in a moment of high, you know, emotional, sure, I'll do it, mom. She says, yes. Well, then that's it. She's in. So literally for almost two years, every single week, my wife would work out with my daughter and at least you know, 50 to 60% of the time, my daughter didn't want to do it. She'd be like, can we do it tomorrow? Can we do an easy workout? And my wife's like, no, you said. And my wife was like, it's so annoying. Every time I just want to go have a workout, I could have a better workout by myself. But I've told her that I was going to do it. You know, I want to help her develop this skill. Well, 18 months later, my daughter's like, hey, mom, I want to work out on my own now. And she's like, really? What do you mean? She goes, yeah, I got these workouts I want to do. And we're watching her and she's doing harder workouts by herself than she was with her mother. And what I witnessed is, is that she borrowed my wife's motivation. She borrowed that emotion, right? Because emotions are contagious. Willpower is contagious. She borrowed that till she had it of her own. And now she's up in the morning. She's doing her thing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. My wife and I were like, we both never believed it would be possible. We're like, there's no way that's going to happen because she's the kind of kid who's always said she's very academic. She's like, Dad, you know, gym is not my thing. Sports are not my thing. And we're not expecting her to be an athlete, but even just exercise in general. It's like, kind of not my thing, Dad. And by this bored emotion from my wife has completely transformed how my daughter thinks about it now. Super cool, right? Okay, so in our academy, our 10 loans a month academy, there's something we've been doing since we started called Game of Phones. And Game of Phones initially started out, it was a kind of like a bet between me and a couple of buddies. We're like, hey, look, we got to make phone calls. We don't want to do it. And let's just make a game out of it. So I called it Game of Phones. I created a little scoring system. And me and two buddies were just basically making phone calls to compete. And what would happen is, is all of our businesses went up like crazy. We're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe the difference this made in our business. And, you know, I think I ended up booking millions of dollars of mortgages. And I remember calling one guy like multiple times. So here's a, I'm competing against my friends, right? So instead of me just making calls, cause I was going to make calls, I'm competing against my friends. I'm looking at their points versus mine. And there's a guy I call his number's no good. And I'm like, oh crap, I can't get a hold of him. So then I look at where he works. I'm like, oh, I just did a mortgage for someone else who worked in there. I'm going to phone the guy who works in his office and ask for his new cell phone. Well, I phoned this guy. He's like, I can't give that to you, like, because that's kind of you know weird. I'm like, yeah, but I want to get a hold of him because I want to get a hold of him to talk about his mortgage. So he says, I'll get him to call you. He phones me. I end up doing the guy's mortgage. It was like a three hundred thousand dollar mortgage. I would never have put that much effort into it if it wasn't within the confines of this game. We we're picking up on each other's emotions, right? And so fast forward, we embed this whole system into our training program. We give them like a score sheet. They go out and do it. And then when people go through a program, we'd always check in with them. How did it go? What was your biggest takeaway? And one of the things was that this game of phone thing was like off the shizzle in terms of the impact that it made 
in their business. And so we're like, oh, this is cool. But then we start thinking, how do we make it better? And so now what we do is we do what's called Game of Phones Live. And I have a coach named Dustin who's uh, amazing at making phone calls. He'll make a thousand phone calls a week. And so twice a week, we'll jump into a, a room, a Zoom room, and we'll literally be making calls. And Dustin's at the beginning, him and I do a little mini coaching session. We're hammering phone calls. Dustin is actually like he's got his mic on so you can hear him talk on the phone. And the emotional willpower, emotional contagion that happen with the people that come to the Game of Phones is crazy. Like I have so many stories of people who have been coming to this consistently and the difference is made in their business. One of them is Lynette Wheeler. And Lynette was a 25-year stay-at-home mom. Yeah, I think four kids, three of them are like doctors or something. It's insane. So she clearly knew what she was doing, but she'd never had done anything in sales, never done anything. So she decides, you know, comes in and in her first year in mortgages, she did something like 18 million in mortgages. And even her manager's like, where did you come from? And it was because she just keeps showing up. She shows up. She's like, I'm not a salesperson, but I come, I watch what he does. Just like how my daughter had picked up, you know, the motivation for working out from my wife, who's a crazy workout person. Our clients have been picking up that motivation from showing up and watching and go, okay, well, they can do it. I can do it. You know, or the other way I think about it sometimes is like, if you work out by yourself, you kind of work out a little bit, you know, you do your thing. But if you go to a group fitness class, you look over and somebody's 70 years old and they're kicking your butt, you're like, well, I can probably push it a little harder. And so what happened is, is that we've seen this huge like, sort of spreading effect by that willpower. And there's something that's typically difficult and that people don't really enjoy, which is making phone calls. So it was super cool. So what does this have to do with your mortgage business? So a couple of things. One, check out our academy. So if you're like, hey, man, this is something I'd like to do or be interested in, go to 10 loans a month, you can get on the list. And we only open that up depending on when we have space, but you can get on the wait list for that. So something to do. The second thing, though, is that, you know, if there's somebody in your office or somebody that likes this stuff, like maybe do something together, like kind of like how my daughter, my wife shared that willpower. Is there somebody that you can share willpower with so that you can both get it done? Kind of like a workout partner, right? When you think about these things, when you have a workout partner, you tend to be like, hey, I got to go to the gym because I got to meet somebody there. I don't want them standing there by themselves being like, what's happened? You ditched me. So all this to say, if willpower is more like an emotion than a fuel tank that runs dry, then start thinking about how do you manage your emotions better? And that's how you're going to manage your willpower. And if, you know, it turns out that our thinking about how we feel about our willpower, like if we think that it's going to run out, will actually make us act like it's run out, then we got to be really, really careful about the thoughts that we put in our head. Hopefully that helps you in some way. Have an amazing week and we'll be talking to you soon on the next episode. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.